0: I will just go, nope, I'm sorry. Like, here's the situation. I got to show up for you. And I can't show up for you if I haven't shown up for myself. I also think it's about really knowing that you're not perfect and you don't have to be perfect.
1: Welcome or welcome back to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the magnificent Jennifer Arezio, or as my ancestors would have said, Erezio. Jennifer is the founder of Soul Language, a paradigm that puts tangibility to soul so a conscious connection can be established to enable crystal clear decisions for success. Jennifer is also a master intuitive and the author of two best selling books. Currently, she has trained over 30 practitioners worldwide in soul language. And at this time, there are over 5,000 individuals including me, all over the world connecting to their soul languages. Jennifer has worked with and supported hundreds of successful, highly creative individuals with resolving blocks in their creative process so that new opportunities can be received and created. Oh, my goodness, listeners, I am so freaking stoked because between you and me, I'm having kind of a weird week. People are being a little nutty around me this week and uh, hurling some stuff at me in a way that is a little abnormal. So my energy is a little funky, but the universe has a tendency to provide exactly what you need, even though you don't know that you need it. And uh, lo and behold, today I get to introduce you or reintroduce you to not only one of my favorite people, the person I turn to when energy gets freaking weird. That's right. I'm talking about Jennifer Arezio. Jennifer, I'm going to call you J-U because that's what I call you. J-U, darling. It is a pleasure and privilege to ask you the question, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? I think they need to focus on not
0: letting their inner child run their business. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. What do you mean? I think so often, you know, our unconscious behavior, which tends to like be controlled by the inner child... Um, runs our business, right? It makes really weird decisions for us. It, you know, <laughs> makes us go left when we really want to go right. And if you have warrior energy, then your inner child's an inner warrior. And that's like giving a kid literally with a gun, right? And so yeah. it's, I think so often, w- we are seeking out clients, relationships, You know, in order to kind of heal something in that inner child, and if it's not healed, then we're going to keep you know kind of doing that same pattern over and over again, and that kind of stinks.
1: Heck, yes, it does. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, you've been talking for a minute, and you already gave me so much. I'm freaking reeling. Like in one minute, and I told you she was intense, y'all. Um. Where to begin? So. You know, I think that that's so interesting because I definitely want to get to these ideas of patterning and self-healing and everything else. But as someone with a lot of childlike energy and who embraces that in interesting ways through Quirkworks Consulting, I... I'm surprised with how hardcore I resonate with don't let your inner child run your business. Like, my brand is playful, but it's also very disciplined. My business has to be disciplined. I bring an element of fun into the discipline of running a business. And when I've been out of alignment with that, it really is like having a five year old run the show because I, at my core, my inner child, lover to death, is a fucking brat. Well,
0: I mean, there's good parts of the inner child, right? That curiosity, that play, you know, that lightheartedness, the innocence. Those are all great parts of the inner child. And and we want to love every part of us. We don't want to, you know, eradicate anything. But the inner child that shouldn't, in quotes, be running the show is that inner child that's frustrated, angry, angry that's living in trauma, that, you know, it is dying for affection, all of the kind of trauma from the inner child, that we need to offer love. And we also need to kind of heal that.
1: And that is validation for me. One of the ways that really shows up when the inner child runs the show is very much that pick me up, pick me up, mommy, pick me up, pick me up energy. When it's like, nobody commented on that social post. I thought that post was really good. Why doesn't anybody want it? Nobody's on my calendar today. What's going on? Pick me up, mommy. Ah! And it's like, or you could take a breath, do something nourishing for yourself and then go write a different post that someone will like next day, right? Like it's cool.
0: Right, or you could go something, do something nurturing for yourself. And not even worry about writing another post, right? See See, y'all, see. Because there's like, I've been talking, I was just talking to a client um, about having a backup generator in your business. So you know how when your lights go off and you have a generator, right? Like that's the backup generator. So often, you know, especially purpose-driven warrior energy believe that their business is entirely, entirely up to them. And they forget that there's this backup energy of goodness of the divine, right? And so, because we're all focused on like, if I'm in a good mood and positive, then everything's going to (laughs) work out in my business and blah, blah, blah. But when we're in a crappy mood or having a challenge, we also then believe, oh, well, my business is kind of screwed because, right? So, my favorite, like, I love this thing I always say with God, business is always good. But if you don't believe that there's a backup generator, God, right? That's actually supporting your business and handling all the stuff you can't do because you're cranky or you had a bad day or whatever, then that's even harder on your business, right? So you need a backup generator.
1: I'm laughing because these conversations always find me just when I need them. Like I'm so crabby. (laughs) I'm so crabby. And yet, like talking to you, having this conversation, for this audience I love on this show that I adore with a person I love brings me a lot of joy and it does take the edge off the cranky right and the, and so in essence I don't really mean to be like meta modeling this right now but I kind of am like do something nourishing call someone you love have a conversation. It doesn't have to be a super weird, deep one. We're eventually going to talk about Star Trek. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about all kinds of other stuff. But I think that's really big. And, and the idea of of self-prioritization in that way, because you you said something else back in the back. And, and one of the things that I realized early, 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 early in my marketing liaison for coaches and healers role that I walk Uh, is that a lot, just like how a lot of coaches model or or show people through processes that they used to struggle with, for example, I was sales avoidant and now I teach people out of sales avoidance. I've noticed that a lot of healers or people that identify as healers um, are drawn to the work as a form of self-healing to say, okay, I'm still evolving through this, but let me take others through this path. And so my question for you is I've seen self-healing by healers done really beautifully. And I've seen self-healing done by healers in a really like toxic, codependent, gross way You are masterful at keeping your container, prioritizing yourself, nurturing yourself, and serving your clients, and honoring all the different parts of you along the way. Are there any tips, modalities, tricks that you could share to help people not become a toxic self-healer, but an empowered force for what they're trying to create? Well,
0: thank you for the beautiful statements um i think the fundamental thing i know the more i know the less i know and i'm one of those master healers that doesn't believe i heal anyone that i'm just giving people the opportunity i'm also i have a really good support team i mean Yesterday at this time, you would have gotten a different Jen because Jennifer's head was exploding and I was like, (gasps) right? I call my people to break down, right? And to process. And I'm working my, I'm working my processes. I'm also very clear if I'm going through something, I put it in my big metaphysical bowl and leave it in the bowl and then pick it up afterwards. I'm also, if I'm really going through something, I will cancel. I will just go, nope, I'm sorry. Like, here's the situation. I got to show up for you. And I can't show up for you if I haven't shown up for myself. I also think it's about really knowing that you're not perfect and you don't have to be perfect. And I'm consciously transparent with someone. I tell stories, I don't eviscerate myself. Right. But I tell stories and I also try to go through something fully before I start talking about it. And sometimes you can't. Like when Roxy died, my dog, I was like upfront with everyone. I was like, listen, here's what's going on. My dog got hit by a car. Here's where I am. You know, I'm going to be totally present for you. But I'm in so much pain because I just lost my soulmate. And this is going to last for a while. So I'm just up front, consciously transparent. It's all in my face. I don't have a poker face. I think so often healers are trying to be something they're not. They're trying to be this supreme being
1: instead of being divinely human. Uh, again, I'm like, there are so many areas I want to take this. I have like 87,000 questions. I'm gonna have to do like an entire like 18-part masterclass. But the <laughs> oh my, God. Just my brain is like, ba. ask for this, ask for this. And then you say something else. So I'm like, ask her that. And then I'm like, stay present, damn it, stop it. Listen. But I mean, I think you brought up something that is. Such a weird topic that I didn't see this episode turning into for a while, and maybe we won't hang out here long, but maybe we will because I know when I was grappling with my boundaries earlier in business, or even now, one of the main things that I can get hung up on when I'm not personally gathered uh, is the idea of cancellations, and I hate. Capital H. I get it. I know you're a warrior. I get it. But, 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 I had COVID for a month, as you know. I know. And a lot of stuff had to get canceled. And I think it was a really interesting unraveling of that for me because... Every single person that I approached with transparency, which was every single person I had to reschedule or cancel on, every single person not only had a positive reaction. Not a negative reaction, not even a neutral reaction. Honey, what do you need? Everything's fine. Are you feeling okay? Have you had lunch today? By the way, these are the supplements that I took when I had COVID. Do you have a good doctor? Does Ryan know what to feed you? Are you okay? By the way, have you seen any good movies lately? Should I send you a board game? Like, that's the kind of stuff I got. Whereas in my head, I'm like, I am destroying businesses, Oh, no, the world's gonna explode. Nothing exploded. 23 days of COVID, dozens, literally dozens of calls moved or canceled, zero complaints. And I got like 97 soup recipes out of the mix, right? So I'm grateful for that because it showed me, not that I want to abuse it, we never want to abuse the graces and the love that we're given, but, but I had it very firmly in my head that the least professional thing I could ever do was cancel, and then I had to, and guess what changed? Nothing, right? And so I love that you're going even further to be like, if you're not energetically feeling it, move it. Because again, like how you said yesterday, I would have had a very different JU two, you know, two months ago, three months ago before I had COVID. If you would have been like, oh, Annie, if you're not feeling it, just cancel it. I would be like, oh, I can't just move things based on my energy. Of course you can, people. Of course you can. And to your point, sometimes you must. So like, where do we get this weird hang up about manipulating our schedules or, or taking space or time when we need it? Where does it come from? Oh, everything we've ever been taught in society.
0: Everything. Oh, okay. Just everything. Right? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I remember when Eric, you know, Aaron, like my best friend's kid, when he was in preschool or kindergarten, she called me. She was like, there was nothing in Eric's green folder today. I was like, well, what? She's like, every day the teacher brings him out to the car and gives us a folder of all the stuff he did today. She said, and today the teacher said there was not there's nothing in Eric's green folder. He chose not to participate. And I was like, Well, give the kid a star. And she goes, Well, what do you mean? He chose not to participate. I was like, from the moment that kid came out of the belly, we asked him, What do you want? What do you need? And now he's actually telling people what he wants and what he needs. And now it's not appropriate. No, right? Like we lose that kind of we're taught. Not to want, not to need. We're taught self sacrifice. And Mm. right. And with master healers and masters of service, that goes above and beyond. And here's the thing a couple of years ago, I had this client pre COVID or just on the cusp of COVID. And uh, I got a new client. And, you know, I have this whole way of picking a client, right? I do the Peanuts characters in my head, right? (laughs) So my clients are always Lucy and Linus's. There's no difference between Lucy and Linus. It's just what I used to take on Lucy. No, I'm sorry. Sally and Linus's. I used to take on Lucy's, right? So this client was a Lucy. I knew she was a Lucy, right? But I always, at that point, I like to like, maybe she won't be a Lucy. So I get a new client. She's supposed to like have a session on Tuesday. I, the doctor tells me, do not speak. If you speak, the vocal cords are going to get worse and it could be really serious. The doctor tells me, do not speak for two days. Don't sign. So I text her. I was like, I'm really sorry, but I have to move our session because the doctor says, don't speak because it might actually ruin my vocal cords. That's how sick I am. And she goes, "Oh, well, I'm kind of disappointed because I was really looking forward to our se- our st- session, and I went, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "Might not have use of vocal
1: cords, but that's okay. Right. Might not have use of vocal cords for the foreseeable future, if ever, but by all means, let's let's handle your 45 minute issue right now." Right? So I rescheduled,
0: time goes on, and I'm listening to her relationships. So someone's great, great, great. They're greater than Slice Bell. I love this person. And then something happens in her head, and then they're just horrible. And so she stopped working with me about a year and a half later, and I thought, oh, I wonder who she's telling I'm terrible. but here's the thing that's why when we don't listen when we don't really tune in when we're not being connected to our soul and the way i teach people to do that is through soul language there's a huge disconnect and that shows up in the tangibility of your life Mm. right and so i i personally don't like to struggle i have struggled i will struggle struggled yesterday, I might struggle tomorrow. But I know that there's a path to not struggling as much. And that's about being connected. And when you're, when you're a coach, a master healer, I think so often a lot of coaches and master healers are doing their coaching with their heads and not connected with the mind following the heart. And that's the easiest tip I can give anyone. Divine intelligence, allow my mind to follow my heart and then take action from there.
1: (sighs) I literally just want to give that just the weight that it deserves. Like, it's so, it sounds so foundational and it is in the form that it's essential but in the moment, especially bringing it back full circle, when that little hellion inside you is running the show, because they didn't get enough sugar today, and the Easter Bunny line was too long, or whatever, um, it, we don't we don't necessarily think about head and heart. We just do. We just act, and it's like whoa 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 whoa. Ground center connect breathe, <laughs> right divine intelligence put my head behind my heart, open the open whatever connection I need or unblock whatever I need to fuel me heart first. And and I think that's just the weight, the weight just comes up and it's like, okay, hold on. The world isn't spinning, you're spinning.
0: Right. You are not in charge of helping the world. And unless you're doing brain surgery, no one's going to mm-hmm. die.
1: No one's going to die. No one's going to die, right? If someone has a 52% open rate instead of a 53% open rate, um, I'm not being reported to Marketers Anonymous or whatever. Right. Um, whew, wow. Okay. Boy, look at this. We've already talked about self-sacrifice, self-healing, cancellations, warrior energy, backup generators. Like, my goodness. We've talked about so many things, but I love that we keep kind of coming back to this place of unhealthy self-sacrifice because...
0: Wait, wait, wait. There's no healthy
1: self-sacrifice. Oh! <gasps> keep talking.
0: Well, self-sacrifice in this sense means you're actually giving something up. It's not a sacred offering. When we're sacrificing in that kind of conditions, we're actually doing something in, we're harming ourselves. Mm. Right? Because a sacred offering is given up without any harm coming to you or
1: anyone else. Isn't that interesting? So many of us are still killing our firstborn trying to get noticed. There's, I want to say every curse word I can.
0: You can go ahead. You know, it's it's actually not even worth putting the weight there. Meaning, you know, it's not the viewpoint of what divinity is, and and we're only still interpreting divinity in the capacity that our little brains can understand. Mm -hmm. But if an energy can. Let me tell you a story because it's a really powerful one. So I'm in my car, okay, and I'm yelling at God. And I'm like, look, God, I want I want to prove right here and right now that I exist, that you know who I am. And I want my dead dad to prove that, like, someone's watching out for me because I'm pissed. So mm-hmm. I'm driving my car and the radio comes on. it's a a song my father loved. And I was like, you know what? That's too freaking easy. No, no, no. That's not. (laughs) It's not proof enough. And the radio announcer comes on. He goes, thank you so much for all of the requests from all of those good, like, places of music. And he starts to run through it. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then he goes, and Brothers 3. And I drive off the road. Because that was the name of my father's bar that I forgot he had. Whoa! So if that force can put all of those movable pieces into place, then you can bet that we can harness that because we are that and that is me, that we can harness that to create what we want. But we spend a lot of time. In fact, I will use my personal. I spend a lot of time not focusing on that and focusing on so much other crap
1: yeah because we feel like the weight of all of it is on us we feel like especially as small business owners like i am the be all end all i am the gatekeeper i am the light i am the solution i am the blah 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 and it's like we're making it
0: life and death it's not life and death it's really not. You're not getting chased by a bear. No one's going to die. Like, we make every business relationship and interaction, especially if you have warrior energy, like life and death. And warrior energy, when not conscious, and in general, is already heightened. So we're already scanning, like, okay, is everyone going to be safe? Is everyone, right? So you drop that in a bad day, and it's like, explosion. Explosion. Mm. instead of okay let's reconnect what decision do we want to make from the point of consciousness not pattern not inner child on crack where do we want to make a decision based on
1: it's just so much deeper simpler calmer more natural it's just not
0: always easy
1: yeah but it's also not self-sacrificial to a fault. I think that that's so interesting. There is no good form of self-sacrifice. No, what did you say? There is no healthy self-sacrifice. Ooh. Ooh. We're gonna get some Christian fundamentalist hate mail about that one. Oh, Lord. <laughs> literally. I mean, but, literally. you know, I, I, I think that it's We've talked a lot about warrior energy uh, in this episode, and and it's also one of our favorite topics to discuss in our friendship, you and me. Um, and I love, although they're not our topic today, I love that you see the world in Charles Schultz's Peanuts characters, um, because that's totally clear, and I think I've definitely had a lot of disordered Lucy energy and Lucy is a hundred percent what happens when I let my inner child run the show because Lucy's like, I know everything and nothing is going to go wrong. And I'm fine. And everything's fine. And everybody's leading up. It's fine. And I'm fine. And by the way, the doctor is in like, chill out, chill out. And now when I'm grounded, when I'm healthy, when I'm running my business from that place of love, I'm very much just full Linus all the time up to the point where. Actually, technically your people are Schroeders. We really want to be technical. I think your people are Schroeders. You think my people are Schroeders? I can see that. Heads down, get it done. Let's be perfectionistic about it. Highly creative. Highly creative, but don't notice the love that's literally laying on their piano. Yeah. And you come in. Meanwhile, I'm over here with my blanket. Like, hey, does anybody want to cuddle and talk about their marketing? And they're like, no, I'm busy, Eddie. Go away. I'm playing Chopin. I'm like, okay.
0: Right. But with your with your help, <laughs> it's actually heard, right? Their creativity, their passion, their music is heard. And that's huge. I mean, you could do a whole marketing campaign just for Schroeder.
1: I just hear from from your good man, Charlie Brown, now that's stuck in my head. Do you know something, Schroeder? <laughs> I think the way you play the piano is nice. Like, that's going to be stuck in my head all day. <laughs> so thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, but like, okay, so so warrior energy, you know, like all energy can be... Harnessed, it can flow, it can be cultivated, it can be cleared. like for anybody out there who suspects that they have warrior energy or that they have misfiring warrior energy, how do they know, and how do they shape it up?
0: Well, warrior energy, when I say warrior energy, usually just knows. like there's a that's me, right? Um misfiring is loyal to a fault never leave a man down, lone wolf, self-sacrificing. And the way you kind of realign it and start to harness it is really for a warrior, understanding that they are profoundly safe and letting go of responsibility of everyone else being safe. And that's a huge
1: step, but that's the first step. That's one of those things that you say, and this happens all the time with you, where like, I felt like I was already breathing. And then you said that, and I had to take such a deep breath. And I was like, did I forget how to breathe for a minute? (laughs) Like, that rang of truth, right? But like that same self-imposed panic. Yeah. You know, and I think we're, especially in the last couple of years, right?
0: We're all breathing a lot less and and very shallow. And I think it's really about choice. I mean, it's our greatest asset and it's a
1: mm. it's
0: a fuck show too. I mean, it's just a great, right? It's a greatest <laughs> asset and you go, really? Just tell me the movie you want me to see and I will go see that freaking movie. But without choice, <laughs> you can't choose to... Be connected. You can't choose what's in your greatest good. Right? And and if that was withdrawn, then we would just be a bunch of, you know, robots. Do, 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 right? Um, Remind me to talk to you about uh, when we go move into Star Trek about Vulcans. Um,
1: oh, we can yeah. do that right well, now. Just jump it's, on it's, in.
0: You know... Talk
1: about him right now. Go for because it. I'm rewatching Voyager
0: because I, I, I was so sad when Picard was over. And uh, there was this between tu- Tuvok and I think Paris about how he's like, well, aren't you curious? And he's like, yes, I'm curious. And I thought, how can he be curious? Because curious is an emotion. Like, like where does the, the line draw? With Vulcans. Like, if they're unemotional and it's just logical, then how can they be
1: curious? Right. Right. Like, AI, Chat GPT is not curious about why I want it to write Ryan a poem asking him to take the trash out for the 50th time. Like, Chat GPT isn't curious, it just delivers the data of Vulcan. Right. To your point, Curiosity means I long for clarity, right. or I long for amusement. Or, right. So, technically, all I, right, I had we need to I get on. some thoughts.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, so I think I think they need to reframe it because what Vulcans don't participate in is emotional responses. Right? Making decisions from an emotional response place. Living their life through an emotional response. Yeah, because it's right. And I think a lot of people in spirituality are trying to be a Vulcan or a Vulcan just unhappiness. They're trying to kind of not have a range of emotion. So listen, if you're trying to cut out all the kind of negative emotions, you're also going to cut out the high emotions as well. Like you can't just have a song with the high notes because it sounds like crap. Right. And so it's really about how we respond to our emotions. So now I'm going to reevaluate Vulcan. I think Vulcans have emotions. I just think they respond differently. Or it's been trained out of them. Right. So it's like, oh, there's hunger. Oh, how do I want to respond? I don't want to respond with all of me, I just want to respond
1: logically. I love it. First, we're gonna get like self-sacrifices of God hate mail from the fundamentalist Christians. And now we're gonna get like actually. Yeah, actually, Vulcans are trained from all right, all right, nerds. We hear you. Um I say not do it in Vulcanese. I'm good. Oh my gosh. That's although total side note, I just watched this wonderful, wonderful clip of uh, Stephen Colbert interviewing Liv Tyler. And Stephen Colbert is like the biggest Tolkien nerd that has ever existed. And Liv Tyler says, if you want him, come and claim him. And Stephen looks like he's going to die. And then Liv's like, I know the Elvish too. So, you know, (laughs) your people are out there. And if you you want to yell at somebody about Vulcans, go find the right people to yell at about Vulcans. But it's not me and Jen, okay? You want to wrap around? I was talking to this guy last week,
0: and he compared me to Tolkien. I can see it. Isn't that fun? I, was I can like, see it. I was like, hey, th- thanks for the compliment. I know it's a big compliment, but, you know, I haven't read him. I've just seen the movies
1: yeah, but the movies are good. So it's fine. The I mean, that's from great. me That's from me who had a Hobbit theme winning. So, like, I give you permission and not have read the books, especially because I appreciate that. there's there's there are some parts in the books where I'm like, are we really going to describe a tree for another three pages, really? Really, babe? Really? Yeah. I got too but, much warrior for that. I'd be like, right? get off the tree! Well, we're also, like, way too much of the TV generation. Like, come yeah. on! Yeah. Jean-Luc Picard would have had Listen. 17 battles by then and three lovers and a dinner. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's 28 minutes! We need a wrap-up!
0: And, <laughs> you know, okay, let's talk about Picard for a second. Because in the Picard sh- episodes, right, yeah. versus... versus <laughs> I'm gonna to do total wraparound versus Next Generation. It really had bothered me that John Luke Picard in Bacard was more human than he was in Next Generation. He had more feelings. He was more human. When he cursed, I almost fell off my chair. I was like, "Did John Luke Bacard just curse?" I don't. I don't think my brain can handle that bothered me up until the last episode Hmm. and then I was all into it well I'm a sucker for father-son connection
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: right so I was like okay bring on the emotion
1: I like it but isn't that interesting at first you were like stop having so many emotions I I was like he's too because he was like a hero he's too
0: normal he's too human
1: and I was like, yeah, he's not a Vulcan. Of yeah. course he's going to have emotions. He's not a freaking Vulcan.
0: He's not a freaking Vulcan. But this last season was just so good. I mean, it was so good. They wrapped it up. They brought in Seven of Nine. It was so, I mean, she was in the second season, but it was so perfect in how they brought pieces back from all over. I loved it.
1: See and that I take weird connection to my own rebrand from because what I've been trying to explain to everybody about the quirkworks rebrand is that it's weaving together elements of my work going back generations of my business right like I've had I've been a life coach I've been a professional speaker I've been a lounge singer I've done marketing I've done selling I've done you name it I've done it and And it's so interesting because I'm weaving that all back. I'm bringing that all back—not all of it—but I'm I'm weaving it back in in a way that it feels like a homecoming to me. Whereas when they make references on Picard, you're like, oh, right, that's so so lovely and familiar.
0: Right, it's not a rebrand; it's a brand integration. Dang, girl
1: brand integration.
0: Yeah, that's what that is.
1: Dang. And therefore Picard is a brand integration of Star Trek.
0: <laughs> he's an integration. he's a- it actually made him I mean, I've loved Patrick Stewart since I Claudius days and they put fake I mean, care on that guy. I mean right? But uh, they made him it made you want to be a better person
1: watching Picard. I felt that way about Next Gen. Like, I felt that way about when Wesley would do something oh, Wesley. weird and, like, upset the whole thing. Or, like, when people would be having interpersonal problems or, like, someone would go against orders. And I I feel like I was kind of, like, raised in the terror of Picard disappointment. <laughs> Because if he did show enough emotion to show disappointment in you, you done fucked up, son. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you might just put yourself out an airlock bad. Exactly. Like, ooh, we got issues. Now we're all in danger. Daddy is mad. (laughs) Like, don't make Space Daddy mad. Because he normally has it all together. But yeah, and then because that's it, like the, the emotion was so few and far between. Isn't that interesting that when he would emote, I'd be like, oh, he's angry. Don't be angry at me, daddy.
0: And he really just, if we think about it, he really just show, showed a lot of anger and disappointment. He, you know, he very rarely showed joy. And right. I mean, there's only like two or three episodes of him engaging in any carnal thing. Good. Where Riker was,
1: like, left and right. Oh, God. Um, Riker's so emotion. It's like we have Vulcans with very, very little. We got Picard on that end of the spectrum, and then we got Riker way over here not having a logical thought for six seasons. Like, come on, baby. But, you know, I mean, I also liked...
0: That Picard turned towards Troy, and not in a weird way, but was like, "What do you sense? What do you feel?" Like he, like I like that guidance. Like I like that he turned towards something that he was incapable of, that he didn't have the skill set in order to get a deeper picture of what decisions he had to be had to be made. You're my Diana Troy. Aw, thanks. I have the boobs. You do. <laughs> Thank you. She's. I, I. I've like. Now I went back and I watched this, the Next Generation, and with, and I was like, sh- she was truly beautiful, and they screwed it up with that crazy makeup. Right. I even loved her on NCIS, but they. Thank you for, I,
1: I'll i take being your Troy. You're my Troy. Big time. I like that. Because, I mean, if you think about it, at the very beginning before we recorded, you're like, what's going on? And I'm like, my energy's really weird today and I don't know what's up with it. Like, that's me, who is normally pretty emotionally or energetically attuned. That's me being like, Troy, what do you feel? And then you're like, <laughs> you're like client sadness. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, Troy. There is great sadness here. And I'm choosing not to participate in that because it's not of me. Like, right? Because she's got it rated in. She's got all the emotions and she's so keyed in. But she they're also not relying on her to make life or death decisions. They factor in her input. But are we going to let this person live or die or put this person out in airlock? Or what are we going to do to keep the plague from devouring everyone on the ship? They're going to be like, Troy, who's infected? Not Troy, who do we kill? Right. And she
0: does it without being attached. This is really key for you healers out there. Without being attached about how that information is being received or what people do with that information. And I think so often we're attached by the expertise we give. Um, And I think going back to the inner child, that's an inner child thing too. Like really notice, like there are certain energies where I'm a little more attached. Like, why aren't you listening to me? And then when I like scale back, I'm like, oh, there's that energy of my mother. I got it. Like Or when I feel like the person is really doing themselves harm by like, Okay, now we've gone through this same thing a million times. I've told you the answer. I've texted you the answer. I've sent you the answer. And here we are back at this same thing again. Like, what's going on? You, I know you can so hear me. You've recited it back to me. And yet you're doing the exact opposite. Okay, well,
1: like that, Right. Now I just want a little Troy to like come onto the deck and be like, strange maternal energy sensed, Captain. Like, thank you, Troy. Thank you, Troy. Or like in your car story, like avoidance, avoidance of this This is the way
0: I do it, right? I tune in, right? And I go, "Hmm." like I do that's one of my checks when choosing a client.
1: Oh, man. Well, I wish we could continue this all day because you know you're one of my favorite people and this conversation is exactly one of the many, many reasons why because I feel like you just took me to church in the best way and I know the listeners will feel that way too. Uh, But I have two more questions for you. The first question is, uh, let's say you have decided to hire a fractional C-suite employee. So you have decided to bring on, let's not say a CEO, but you've decided to bring on a COO to run the show so that you can be the talent and they can run the show. Uh, which Star Trek crew member are you bringing on out of fleet and into soul language? The CEO, right? Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to go with Jordi. A because he can do almost anything.
1: He could do anything and also just what a presence to be around all the time. He's calm and he
0: he has a sense of humor and he can see things in different, you know, like first he has eyes, then he doesn't doesn't have eyes, then he has a visor, then he has eyes again. But, you know, he can see the different wavelengths of things. And uh he Really takes the time to figure out what's wrong and how to fix it, and always solution oriented.
1: I hugged LeVar Burton once and he looked into my soul. It was like the best oh hug God, that's
0: so I've ever
1: had in my entire life. So I'm with you. I'm with you all day. Oh my God, that's so fun. He looked into my freaking soul. Like, you are the soul expert. I told him that reading Rainbow was a foundational part of my life, which he's heard a million times. I'm positive as well he should. And he put his arms on my shoulders, looked me dead in the face, and said, I'm so glad to hear that, and then hugged me, and I looked at my husband Ryan as we were walking away, and I said, LeVar Burton just looked into my soul. And he's like, oh yeah, he did. I saw it. It's real. So yes, I'm also Team Geordie. Heck yes. Now, you... Do you want to know a little thing? Yes, of course I do. I've never seen Reading Rainbow ever. Oh, it's wonderful. It's a gift to the I've world. never seen it. Never seen it. I mean, LeVar Burton is a gift to the world. We've talked about a, lot, right, a but... lot of gift to the world people today. Patrick Stewart, we love you. Please come over for tea with your best friend, Sir Ian McKellen. Let me give you my number. Right? Jen and I right. will take you anywhere you want to go at any time. LeVar anywhere, Burton. Anytime. Gift to the multiverse. Wherever you want to go, let's go. But, you know, as someone who has actually looked into my soul... Uh, worked with my soul and worked with me toward the honing elevation, harnessing and joyful delight of my soul. Uh, How do our listeners come into your world and get a little piece of you? Well, they can go to soullanguage.us. That's always the best way.
0: But I think I also want to send them to themythsofpurpose.com, which is a great guide that Miss Annie was like the inspiration and just it's the so joy good, of it. good, you guys. It's so good. <sighs> um, that will help you break down the myths that you might be telling yourself around purpose.
1: Hell yes. Well, darling, this episode has been far, far more stunning than two nerds talking about Star Trek has any right to be. So uh, thank you. And I love you. And live long and prosper.
0: (laughs) 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 I like it. I like it. I'm going to
1: put that in stone right now. So be it. And everybody else, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for this week. Well, hey there. First and foremost, your homework this week is not in any way going to tell you what you should believe about energy, spirit, the cosmos, or any of it. I believe what I believe. Jay, you believes what she believes. You believe what you believe. And guess what? That's all okay. But for every single one of us, self-employment is an endurance sport, not a sprint, not by <laughs> almost said not by a mile, but not by a long shot. This is a marathon and one that requires tenacity, patience, and so much self-kindness. So this week, although this episode is about Picard, we're going to take some inspiration from our Vulcan friends and we're going to monitor our emotions. Because like Picard, we are going to be in this game and in that pilot jump seat for a very, very long time, hopefully. In the fast-paced world of small business, look, it's crucial to stay on top of your game. You know that. But amidst the ever-changing landscape of the rest of the world, we often forget to prioritize our own well-being, like J.U. said. So this week, again, your homework challenge is to take a step back and be aware of when your emotions show up both when you're riding high on success or facing lows or setbacks, I want you to treat yourself with curiosity and kindness because by cultivating self-awareness and self-compassion, you're not only enhancing your mental and emotional state in a very logical way, but you're also training your brain to endure, to find the positive, to find the innovative, and to find the best of you. Of course, we know that every high and low is an opportunity for growth. So as you navigate the challenges of your work week, I want you to keep a close eye on the emotions tied to failure and fear, but again, to approach them with curiosity. Meanwhile, I want you to embrace those highs with gratitude for your damn self and allow yourself to celebrate your accomplishments. And then beyond that, if that gratitude needs to be spread around Please do. But in all things, be kind to yourself and honor the journey. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode kept you laughing and learning... I have two requests for you. First, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on your platform, so you never miss an episode. And also, more importantly, if you are looking for support, inspiration, networking, collaborations, or just a chance to hang out with me, Annie P. Ruggles, and our fantastic guests make sure that you are a member of our LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. It is a weird and wonderful place. I can't even believe it's on LinkedIn and we want you there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Big shout out as always to the fabulous dudes who helped me make this show. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My theme composer, Riley Horbacio. And my show art creator, Francois Vigno. See you next time!